Welcome to the SuperZone Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent of Middle Pine Schools. On the SuperZone Podcast, we talk about all things public education, specifically as they relate to our Middle Pine Schools and the greater community here in Central Oregon. It is season two. It's October. School is rolling uh, right through the beginning of the fall semester, and I'm very excited to be back with you all for this podcast. Okay, so today we're excited to share some information about Ben Lapine's uh, construction bond that's going on the ballot for the November 8th election. Um, you may have heard about this. There's four focal points for this. Uh, the four focal points for the construction bond are safety and security upgrades across the district of our 33 schools, preservation of existing uh, schools and maintenance of our, our systems across the district, um, adding some additional classroom spaces and modernizing existing spaces to pick up on efficiencies and uh, save uh, costs for operating our schools. And quite frankly, we can do this without any increase to taxpayers. And this is a great opportunity to uh, create high demand, high wage jobs for the construction that would be going on uh, over the next few years as we do this project. I've had the opportunity to go all over the community and do presentations to, to community groups and neighborhood associations across the community and kind of provide the information of what this community ask is and what we're asking for in uh, this construction bond and give the nuts and bolts of it. Um, today I'm excited to be joined by principal of Bend High School, Christopher Reese, who's a longtime Bend employee, who's been in this high school for many years, I think 19 years, uh, who can share some insights about uh, the traditions of Bend High, the location of the work that's been done here for previous bonds, and what uh, the anticipated moves would be if this bond passes, and how that would be impacting the Bend High community here. So first of all, let's welcome Chris. Thank you, Dr. Cook. Um, I'm pleased to be here. Chris, you've been here for many years. I would just love for us, to, for our listeners, to hear a little bit about um, Bend High, the traditions of Bend High, and the fact that uh, this goes back many, many years in the facility. We're, we're at Bend High right now recording this and just that, um, that tradition and how it's uh, created the dynamic of what Bend High is now uh, and how it's been going this direction for so many years. How long do we have? <laughs> Bend High is a very, very special place. Uh, we have a lot of tradition, a lot of pride, a culture of acceptance. Our story is powerful. Um, and one of the things that we really uh, value here at this school is the opportunities that we can pro provide to all of our students, whether that's uh, international baccalaureate or whether that's our robust uh, career and technical education programs, which we have many of. We are very, very proud um, of this school. This senior class will be the 115th graduating class. And... Um, this is a uh, pillar in our community. Ben High is a focal point, and uh, we have a lot of alumni that still reside in uh, Bend. Um, and uh, again, we just take a lot of pride in um, uh, what we stand for. I've been here uh, going on 19 years. I spent 10 years as the assistant principal, and this is my ninth year as the principal. And uh, I couldn't imagine myself at another building. Um, even though I didn't graduate from here, I uh, bleed blue and gold. Um, this uh, is truly uh, a special place. What makes it special is our students, our community, our parents, and uh, especially our staff. Our staff is second to none. Um, so in a nutshell, um, uh, Bend High, 
we love the opportunities, uh, we love the pride, we love the tradition, um, and we love our culture. And that's what we hang our hat on, and that culture is forged through relationships and uh, really to develop that trust and acceptance. So Chris, I've been doing this presentation uh, kind of informing our community members and staff and families um, about this construction bond all over the community. And I've done this uh, presentation many, many times. And, and invariably, people ask me questions about uh, what part of this bond is committed to Bend High. Um, we're, we're sitting in the Maxwell Center right now um, recording this. I just wonder if you can tell me um, about the Maxwell Center, because this is a new facility. This is a really uh, top-end part of the Bend High campus. Why this part of the facility of, of the Bend High campus is relevant, why it's important, and why it's different than uh, the majority of the rest of the campus. You bet. Um, Robert D. Maxwell holds a special uh, place at Bend High. Um, the, he was at one point the oldest living Medal of Honor recipient, um, and he also uh, taught automotive here. And this Maxwell Center, uh, we had the opportunity to go through the process and uh, name this building after Robert D. Maxwell. Robert D. Maxwell and where this building sits currently is right on top of where he taught automotive here. So it was important that we were able to um, take a look at this new structure and um, be able to honor Robert D. Maxwell. This building that we currently sit in is phase one, if you will, of a Bend High master plan. Uh, I was able to be a, uh, have a front row seat uh, during that planning process. And uh, if um, we were so lucky as to have a bond uh, passed. Uh, this could be the architectural style and the Robert D. Maxwell Center could set the tone uh, for the rest of the campus. Again, we don't have any uh, detail um, in regards to what a, a new facility would uh, include, uh, but you know, this could be the architectural style, which I love is all red brick and glass storefront and um, uh, we really value this space, uh, and even though it's only been here for a short amount of time, it is used constantly, especially Perseverance Hall, uh, which again is part of uh, uh, what we named after uh, Robert E. Maxwell. But this is phase one here, um, and we are very proud of this space, and, and we thank the public for um, the last bond uh, and being able to uh, have this space here. So Chris, you mentioned you know the, the 2017, I think, I think it was called the master plan, and this idea that um, that there was a, a commitment and a need and a desire for this community to to kind of almost double down on this location. You know, Bend High is very centrally located in the in the city of Bend proper, and the the space and the campus. Um, we're looking in this construction bond to to use the space at that the campus currently sits on and do the reconstruction at this 35-acre site, which means we would be potentially uh, building a new school on one part of the, the campus while school is happening in the other part of the campus. And, if, and it's my understanding that um, not all of uh, the, the old building would be uh, destroyed. Tell me a little bit about what that vision was that was first built or started in that master plan 
um, what parts of the campus might still be in existence if and when this construction bond passes in, in the future of Bend High School. Yeah, you bet. Uh, uh, our community, we've heard um, loud and clear that uh, there's some iconic and some important parts that our community wants to keep. Uh, and that was part of the master plan as well. Number one is the tech building. That instructional space out there is second to none. It is absolutely amazing. We would upgrade a few areas uh, in there, possibly maybe some storage or some covered areas where our construction class could go out in, in, the, in um, uh, poor weather and still uh, uh, build and construct under that uh, shelter, if you will. The other iconic uh, piece that we've heard loud and clear from is to keep the auditorium. Um, it is uh, one of the nicest venues in Bend. Um, it is a community space. It's used uh, quite a bit, um, not only by uh, Bend High and the Performing Arts, but also by uh, the communities such as Central Oregon Symphony. Uh, so we, uh, part of the master plan would be able to keep that. And then we heard from the community loud and clear that they liked the orientation of the football field um, and that history and that tradition there. And, it's one of the nicest venues in the state of Oregon with uh, Pilot Butte in the background, and uh, we, uh, we like that. So part of the master plan would be able to keep that orientation, and obviously the Maxwell Center. I mean, we're not going to uh, get rid of a, a phase one, if you will, of a uh, Ben High plan, but uh, the rest of the campus would be up for design. You mentioned 35 acres, and um, it's a smaller uh, acreage than, uh, you know, what comprehensive high schools are currently built on. Um, and, you know, I'll be perfectly honest and transparent, there was money put into this place with previous bonds. Uh, and I don't want to uh, offend anybody, but it wasn't well thought out. Um, so it sprawled out uh, instead of going up, which uh, the Ben High Master Plan would, uh, the main building would be uh, a multi-level uh, facility uh, so we can use this footprint and, and maximize the space that we do have. Thanks for that, Chris. I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about what would uh, what would be kept on or maintained in the parts of the campus that we would continue with. Why don't we uh, go out and walk around a little bit and let's look at some of the spaces that uh, we would be talking about seeing a different design uh, in the near future. Chris, why don't you tell us what we're looking at right now as it, as it relates to the construction? Yeah, you bet. Uh, outside of the Maxwell Center here, and we're on the top floor, and we're looking at the roof line of uh, Ben Senior High School, especially the older parts of the building, A Hall, B Hall, C Hall, and part of D Hall. And you'll notice that uh, the roofs are a butterfly shaped, uh, so they come together in the middle, which is not really conducive to the uh, winters here. So Chris, it's my understanding that as we stand here and we're kind of visualize out over the baseball field and we can see the auditorium kind of in the background and thinking about the tech center mm -hmm. south south of us and and even the maxwell center we're kind of standing in what would be kind of ground zero of where the the school the the new part of the facility would be built um but a question I have, is that all mapped out or are there still opportunities for staff and students and even potentially fam, uh, families or constituents to, to talk about the design of the school or is all of that mapped out in the master plan already? Oh, most definitely not mapped out in the master plan already. The only thing that's really mapped out is kind of the orientation. It's the 40,000 foot level. 
if you will, the orientation of the buildings and the spaces. Uh, I think the only thing that would be mapped out that we worked really hard on is if we developed something for the Maxwell Center, as far as the architectural style of the red brick and glass, that uh, we would maintain that throughout the campus, whether that's the uh, a new gym space, uh, even the outside of the auditorium, even though we'd keep the auditorium, maybe red brick it and, and put some glass in it, as well as the main building. But as far as the instructional space in the main building, as far as the design of the commons in the main building, office spaces, we'd get all of our stakeholders to include community to be a part of those conversations. And this gives you a better idea, just looking at B Hall here, of that butterfly yeah. roof and kind of how it all just sinks in the center. So, Chris, why don't you take us to some of the, the current instructional spaces and let's walk around and look at, you know, some of the, the, the spaces that are over 70 years old and why, why there's such a need for this bond right now. Let's do it. Okay, Chris, so where are we walking right now? We're actually walking down C Hall uh, and this... C Hall, D Hall interchange is where um, we have a real pinch point in flow. Uh, these, these halls in the older parts of the building were never designed to uh, hold this number of students. Uh, and actually, we got some noise coming up here because we have uh, some sci a science class in the hallway. Now, here. we're watching <laughs> science actually happening in the hallway right now. In the hallway, because we've got a lot of classrooms. You want to talk about instructional space that were never designed to be science classrooms. And we're actually walking in C Hall right now to uh, take a look at some of those. Doing the experiment? Yeah, I'm done with it. Okay, so let's walk in a classroom and see how this is going. We're actually in a science room right now with class going. Well, and we just saw an experiment happening in the hallway because uh, here's one of the classrooms that uh, we're using as science, and this is Fred Kent, uh, an absolutely amazing uh, science teacher that we have here. But you can see how tight this space is with, uh, you get 35 to uh, 36 students in here, and there's, there's no place to do labs, so we have to use the hallways. So again, you want to talk about instructional space, uh, science specifically is one of those areas uh, at Bend High School that we, we really need some, um, uh, some love. So we're just walking around looking at uh, different sites. Tell us why, why your kids are doing experiments in the hallway. Uh, we're just using the ramp. So we need, we need a slope and we don't have enough space in our classroom to be able to construct ramps safely in here and so we have to do it in the middle of sea hall with an intersection going through and be careful of people walking around and going to the bathroom make sure they don't get hit with a bowling ball all right we are now entering another classroom that was never designed to be a science classroom this is luke larwin's space and luke is a halftime science teacher for us. He's also a um, halftime dean of students uh, this year, but uh, he doesn't have a class right now, but you can see that um, we are lacking some counter space. We're lacking uh, what a traditional science classroom would have. It's kind of an oblong shape. We're, we're trying to utilize the space to the best of our ability. Uh, we were able to try to mitigate some stuff, and the district did a good job of coming in and at least putting in some cabinets. Yeah, Chris, um, the, the, my big takeaway in this space is that I'm just not seeing a lot of storage, the kind of way that you'd want for uh, science equipment and the, the needs of, 
of all the different things you're going to be, I, I'm not seeing a lot of sinks. I'm not seeing a lot of space to just put large equipment in. And so this obviously wasn't designed to be a science space. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and we're trying to utilize uh, the facility as best we can. And again, we always go back. It's, it's not about the facility. It's about the people. But uh, these spaces, uh, we really need something that's conducive to the instruction. Uh, especially when it comes to science, but we got other other classes as well, and we can head to some of those classrooms that um, are small, and they were constructed in 1955, and you know weren't designed for the sheer volume of students and staff that uh, we currently have. Um, one of the things that stands out to me immediately is these are not wide hallways, and I'm seeing lockers on both sides of the hallways, and I'm just imagining students getting in their lockers while students are trying to get by, and I would assume that that's an issue. It is a huge issue, and, and not only do we want to teach academics, but we also want to teach those soft skills, those job success skills, getting to class on time, and that's almost impossible. And with these tight hallways, and again, the number of students and staff that we have, you can see that we're three deep right now, and we fill up a hallway. And again, these were never designed for flow. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really sprawled out and they make no rhyme or reason. But if you look down the hallways, yeah, you've got lockers uh, on both sides. But in reality, we don't have enough lockers for uh, all of our freshmen that we currently have. So, uh, you know, we're trying to, again, utilize this space the best that we can. Uh, this is an older hallway. This is B Hall that we currently are facing. And B Hall uh, houses a lot of social studies and language arts, and uh, we, we can pop into one of those classrooms and take a look at that, that instructional space as well. Uh, again, these spaces were never designed for the, um, the amount of students that, that we currently have, so maybe we can take a look at one of those classrooms that's uh, uh, full. So what we're currently in right now is a language arts classroom, and this is Scott Gilsdorf's uh, class. And as you can see, um, you know, uh, these classrooms were never designed uh, for the sheer volume of students that we have. This Chris, is our, this, how many students are in this class? Uh, I would venture to guess we're probably looking at 35 to uh, 40 uh, students in, in a classroom. Yeah, the desks are tight, and, you know, uh, Good teaching practices include movement uh, in the classroom, uh, not only for classroom management, but also for checking for understanding and giving students individual feedback. And, and that's difficult in a class this size, let alone in this instructional space. So, Chris, we're going to go into a, a CTE class right now. Tell me how that's working for Ben High. Well, I'll tell you what, it's tight right now. We got, uh, uh, we stepped foot into April McCarthy's um, DECA classroom. And you can see this instructional space in here was never designed for, again, this number of students. Uh, again, we really value our robust CTE programs uh, here and good teaching practices is, you know, movement and checking in with kids. And uh, it makes it very hard for a teacher to get around to a classroom and check in with every student. Um, and, and part of this is, you know, we utilize this classroom uh, because it is connected to our student store. Yet at the same time, this instructional space, a lot of times uh, when they need to do projects and need to work in groups and have that individual uh, group time, they'll spill out into the commons uh, just uh, for sheer um, volume of space. We're looking at a steam boiler right now. Uh, 
um, that, that looks like it's not the newest technology around. Chris, talk to us a little bit about the equipment that we use to heat this facility. Yeah, you're exactly right, Dr. Cook. Uh, this is an older um, steam boiler. And I gotta be honest with you, if this thing were ever break down, I don't know if there's anybody left in the United States that could actually fix it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, our maintenance department is second to none. They're off the chart, um, you know, but I, I don't know if uh, uh, we even uh, have anybody that understands this uh, older technology here. I'm coming to work here every day while we're also building a brand new high school just a few hundred feet away uh, would be would take some management and probably changes both how the school year happens and also how construction would be happening. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That makes me a little nervous as, <laughs> as a principal at Penn High School uh, managing that. But I think it's a good game plan uh, that we would have. And um, hopefully I'd be lucky enough to see uh, a project through to completion. And, um, you know, I'm towards the tail end of my career, and I would love to uh, finish out my career and kind of leave a legacy, if you will, to the community and to this uh, being good stewards and being a part of this and being a part of that long blue line. Um, that, that culture is important to us. And to turn it over to the next generation of Lava Bears. All right, folks, that's all for today. I want to thank my guest, Chris Reese, Principal of Bend High for taking us around and walking us through Bend High and giving us kind of a lay down of, of all the impacts of this uh, construction bond and what would happen here at Bend High. We're in season two of this podcast here at Bend Lapine Schools. Remember, if you're pleased with the work we are doing on these podcasts, please remember to subscribe or share your reviews with your podcast provider. Also, don't hesitate to share our uh, podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Additionally, if there are topics you would like us to, to tackle, please send us a note at podcast at ben.k12.or.us. Please let us know your thoughts. We're always grateful for the feedback. Thanks for listening to The Soup is On, and please remember to always support public education.